As we gather, we glorify your name. Lift up your hands with me. We'll be blessed because we came. We will be blessed. We'll be blessed because we came. As we gather. As we gather, may your spirit work within us. Holy Spirit, work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. Oh, yes. Knowing well that as our hearts begin to worship. Oh, yes. For the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Oh, because the steadfast love, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. think of the name father we are encouraged for when you work with your father you are blessed even your mistakes are just known to be corrected Jesus said I must be about my father's business he took us into the family business and we are here as members of your household Oh, Father, may your name be glorified. May your name be exalted. May your name be lifted up in this place. I pray, oh God, that the blood of Jesus Christ, that which made a way for you to pour your spirit into our hearts, that blood will operate again. That blood will answer to every demon. That blood will answer to every principality. We bind the principalities of Mampong. We bind the principalities of Accra. And we declare that your word will have free course. Holy Spirit, you are the helper. Your word says there are three by that bear record in heaven. And three by that bear record on earth. You are the only commonality. Therefore, we know that when you appear, you open the heavens. You give us heavenly assistance, angelic support. 
and you connect us to heaven. Heaven open. And may the innumerable company of angels be here because it is the assembly of the firstborn. Those whose names are written in the book of life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Speak to us. Anoint me and anoint this whole gathering in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus Christ. Oh, put your hands together. Do better and give the Lord a shout of praise. Give another shout of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, you're welcome to our Danny Paul conference on the example setting ministry. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I think that for you to be an example, you should know what is right. And I think God has given us a man of God that makes it easy to even be called an example. Put your hands together for our father. I'm so happy we call him daddy. Oh, yes, you are doing the right thing. Thank you for a prophet that we can call daddy. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, Behold, what honor the Lord has put upon us, that we should be called his sons. You know, so to be called a son to an honorable person is such a great honor. I feel very honored to be associated with Bishop Dad Heward Mills. You know, some fathers are difficult to follow. But some fathers, they are so good that, I mean, you, 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 just the fact that you are following is a privilege. You can't wait to follow. So we thank God that he has given us an example. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 11, 1. But the Bible talks about the fact that you are to follow as I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. And I think that that is the kind of thing that we are doing. Christ is our greatest example, like it was said. And I think that prophet has really done his best. When I see him, sometimes all I see is Christ. I mean, the embodiment of a person that wants to be like Christ so badly, it shows in his zeal. Ladies and gentlemen, we are blessed. Put your hands together for Jesus. We are blessed to be children of such a great man of God. Hallelujah. You may please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, this is the Danny Paul Conference, and I want to thank uh, Prophet for making it possible and for all the, um, you know, the Executive Council of Convenus and all the pastors, ADCs, lay presidents have, have made it possible. A lot of work has gone in, and I want to salute all the people that worked, including you, for making it here at this time. Today, I want us to start off a little differently and um, to um, assess ourselves a little bit as lay pastors. And for you to be a good example, you must really put out a good example. Um, for you to put yourself out there to be copied, you must be sure that you are a good example. And so I think we're going to go back a little bit and reassess ourselves, you know, 
Lycos to Lycos. Lycos to Lycos. Tell me, is it Lycos to Lycos? Brother to brother, you know. Now, the beautiful thing about these Lycos conferences or Danipal conferences is that we speak with that and we are frank with each other. You know, there are everybody that is in this life, you have to have three tiers of relationships. You know, relationship of people that are above you, relationship of people that are below you, and those that are at par. Those that are about you, so you can look up to them, or they can look and tell you, stop that foolish boy. They can correct you. Those that are down, they also lift you up because they look at your example. So every time you're watching, am I doing the right thing? Am I setting a good example to those that are down with me, that are watching me like your children? But you cannot always be being an example. It's stressful. You cannot always, always be under the, the, the glimpse of your father too. It's also stressful. But when you can be yourself, that is when you are with people you can call colleagues, you can call brothers and sisters. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the, the fellowship of the lay. Clap for the Lord Jesus. We can be ourselves. We can talk about issues and not feel bad about it. It's called Lycos to Lycos. Amen. So I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 1. Yeah. And I'm talking about the lovely voice that has been misplaced. The misplaced lovely voice. I hope by the end it will still sound like that was the title. First Samuel chapter 15. Uh, where are the scriptures here? Okay. All right. Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people. The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of the Lord has a voice. Has a voice. Samuel was speaking and telling Saul, let me let you know that I was the one that the Lord sent through whom your anointing came. Every pastor, for you to be able to speak, there must be an anointing on you. Because the Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 and verse 34, he that is sent of God speaketh the words of God, and the Lord giveth him not the spirit by measure unto him. So anybody who has been sent by God has to speak the words of God. And what makes it possible is the anointing of the spirit of God. Amen. He that is sent of God, speaketh the words of God. When I am sending you, I have to bring, I'm giving you a message to send. The message is my words being put in your mouth to go and speak to somebody else. The Bible says that once you've done that, what backs the word is the spirit of the person. That You know, by the way, did you know that there is no word without a spirit? Yeah. The, we call it the vocal cords. You have to blow across it to make the sound. And the lungs are called the pneuma. And that is where breath comes from. 
So God, you realize that every child that is born, the first thing they do when they breathe, they scream and they cry out. Until you cry out, the lungs will not function. And the lungs bring the breath and it blows it across the vocal cords. That is called the spirit. That person is alive. Clap for Jesus. That person is alive. And so, when God sends somebody through whom you are anointed, and I can confidently say, that I knew nothing about anointing. I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit until um, I met a white boy. That time he was a white guy at the Kolebu. And I saw this is a handsome medical doctor. And I was a medical student. I wanted to be with him. And since then, I have transformed. I have changed. I have acquired the Spirit of God. Something I never knew about. And today I speak the Word of God with the inspiration of God, with the Spirit of God. Somebody was sent to be a vessel of the anointing on my behalf. And so were you. Yeah. And Bible says... That when you get anointed, you do not forsake the voice through whom the anointing came. It is still the voice. It doesn't change. It is still the voice. And so Samuel told Saul, I was sent to anoint you, brother. Now listen carefully. Hearken unto the voice of the word. It's not the voice of God. There are differences. The voice of God is God speaking into your ears. The voice of the words of God is the voice that speaks the words that God gives him to speak to you. Yeah. And in case you had any doubt that God gives a voice to his words through people, this is the evidence. Yeah. So, if you, you care about the anointing upon your life, anointing has maintenance. Yeah. Anointing has maintenance. And the maintenance comes from the words that God gives to the voice. You need a voice and I need a voice. Thank God that we have the voice that God gave to us, Bishop. Still alive. Clap for the Lord Jesus. So Samuel was told, because Samuel was becoming some way. And so he had to be reminded that his anointing is not enough. Qualification is not enough. There are people that when they are anointing, that's it. I'm so anointed, I don't need anything from you. And they quote scriptures like 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. Uh, because I'm not, when you are anointed, you, you have no need that anybody teach you. Do you know there's a scripture like that? You have the unction. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things. And it's truth. And it's no lie. And even as it had taught you, you shall abide in him. But they forget. That if anointing will teach you. They forget that the anointing came first of all. Even through a man of God. And so, that is very important. Now, what has happened, however, in our case, is that the voice, which is supposed to be a very comprehensive voice, has become to us like a magical voice. 
has become like a voice that we are, now we've received the anointing, that when the voice comes, the voice is supposed to be transmitted. And therefore, the voice has become a message, only a message. Not a voice we need to hearken or obey or operate with. You'll be surprised if I call it, if you like, let me do an experiment. Pastors, when they finish, many pastors, after Sunday preaching, you call them on Tuesday, they've forgotten the preaching. I can test it to you right now. I can test it to you right now. I can call people right now. You'll be shocked. Should I test it for you? Should I test it for you? Should I test it for you? Come, 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 my brother. Come, come, come. Did you preach last Sunday? What did you preach? You see? You see? You see? This is it, oh. This is it. This is it. Let me tell you, pastors, we are at a disadvantage, especially when you come to a church where you can pick a book and read and teach. I mean, it's almost like you are just a vessel, a faucet up top that you run the thing through and a bucket receives it and you turn it off on only a few drops, if they do. And when those drops finish, that tap knows no water. Yeah. Let me tell you, we are in danger. And we cannot be an example to the sheep when what we are preaching to them is not in our hearts. It's dangerous. And this is a problem with people whose parents are rich. They think they are rich when they are very poor. And so my first, my brother, sit down. You are not alone. Don't feel bad. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Now, if you have said what you preach, I would have asked you, what scripture did you use? That one is another level. Oh, no, I'm serious. Should I try it again? You tell me, oh, I preach about loyalty. What scripture did you use? And it's a problem. And then sometimes you mention a scripture. Can you quote it? It's also a problem. What were the points? It's a problem. Many pastors are just transmitting. Oh, yeah. Ezra was not like that. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. Bible says, and Ezra purposed in his heart. Uh, to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. And finally, to teach statutes and judgments in Israel. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You don't qualify to teach anybody if you have not eaten and done what the word is saying. And Samuel said to Saul, come on, damn that anointing. If you're going to bamboozle him with the anointing, I was the one who sent you or sent to anoint you. So don't bring yourself at all. Don't bring yourself. Don't bring yourself. Anointed for my foot. Anointed foolishness. If you're anointed, hearken to the voice of the word of the Lord. We bamboozle that with your anointing too much. We are not afraid of you. Someone say, cheer. Anointing, so what? This anointing small that you laid hands on a cockroach and then it died. When people are raising dead from the dead, you are killing cockroaches with your anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the risk we are in. So the word of the 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 the, the, the voice 
of the word of the Lord is a comprehensive voice. It's a very totally global, it's, it's a very, it fits a whole lot of things, I'm telling you. Yeah. Bible says prayer, like prayer, is dynamic in its effect. The voice of God talks about everything. When, indeed, a child is born, the parent's voice is everything to that child. It's the language, it's the sense of direction, it's a sense of teaching. It's a complex, complex, comprehensive voice. But you see, what has happened is that we've used the voice of the bishop as a preaching tool, as a material transmission. And we've not benefited from any of the words. In fact, the Bible has become very stale. You'll be surprised that the message you preach, your church member knows it, but you don't. And it keeps going and going. And therefore, you have no benefit from the word. How do I know? I've seen that, first of all, the ministry is not going well for most of us. And in addition, look, the blessing that is in the word, that is in the voice of the word of the Lord. Look, it's everything. It's everything. But we get nothing. We would have been better off as not pastors so that we will have our quiet time. Now your quiet time too, because you are busy, is only based on what you will preach. And what, because it's about what you preach, you write it down for the sake of your preaching. You don't want to forget it. But immediately you finish preaching. Let me go to the next one. It is not a tool for your life at all. It's a transmission to the sheep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My church members, as I look at them and I see them flourishing, I tell myself, I need to also flourish. Oh yeah. So Ezra is the kind of pastor we need to follow. He purposed. He made a decision. You can't win not going to any example setting ministry. Maybe it will take us three days to get there until we are a good example. He purposed, not with his mouth, but in his heart. Number one, to seek, to search, to seek, to search, to seek the law of the Lord. That's just first. How much searching do we do? Because we have the book on loyalty. If I tell you, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2, you quote it. What is verse 1? Should I try that one too? Most lay pastors don't know no scriptures. He, Ezra, It's dangerous. His purpose in his heart is to seek the law of the Lord. And to make sure that I got the thing right. To do it. To do it. To do it. And if he can do it, then to teach the statutes and judgments in Israel. That should be you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. 
Pastor Ezra Joe. Pastor Lady Pastor Ezra Lisa. Oh yeah, we have to change. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually got to that realization when I found out that I was better off. I grew faster when I was not a pastor than when I became a pastor. I said, something is wrong here. Something is very wrong here. Let me tell you, we are moving on to better things in Jesus' name. Recently, I told my children, so because most of the, do you know that most of your wealth is your children who enjoy it? Most of your wealth, you go and work only sometimes. You don't even have time, but you do it over time. And what is it? It's not your need. Most of us can retire if it wasn't for our children. We're working for the children. Most pastors also are working for the sheep. They benefit nothing from your job. When I was coming, I told my, last time, about a month ago, I made a decision. I said, these children, these children, these children, two of them have already left us. One is there. We don't even see him. He's always preaching. He's always doing ministry. We don't have much time. I told myself, I'm going to enjoy the money that I make. Eh? I am going to just eat money. Look, I've never seen that first class, the train. You don't sit in a plane. You have to sleep in a plane. You have to lie down. I've never done it. But for the last few months, I've decided I'm going to go first class. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to benefit from the inflow. I'm going, this is what I want you to do. So now, you don't, unless you have sat in a first class, I used to say, what a waste of money. Hey, it's sweet oh. And I've not done it all because of the children. I said, this thing, I must benefit from it. I must benefit from what is coming. And therefore, now that's what I do. Yeah, I do it. Oh, yeah. Look, look. You sleep and then they wake you up and they say, do you want some wine? I said, wine. Red, red, red. They ask you, do you want red or white wine? I said, palm, palm, palm wine. Palm wine. <laughs> then they don't understand it. Then I sleep again. Then I get, then I turn on my personal light. Then I shut off my personal window. Nobody's. Then I play my personal music in my personal cubicle. I said, what? I could have been all this, all these years. Look at how stunted and tired I look on a trip. And I'm coming to preach to nice people like you. I should be in first class. But for my children. I said, these children, I'm going to eat of the good Bible says the husband man must be first partaker of his fruits. That's you. That's you. You must have first class in the word that Bishop preaches. There's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom. That until you are going to preach in a camp, you never listen to a camp. That's why you're not first class lay pastor. That's why you're not first class. Me. Look, I'm changing all my wardrobe. Oh, you see, this one from, was from Italy. Oh, yeah. I normally don't wear, I normally wear like Dr. Noshi's black and I'm changing. I'm telling them, this shirt, I'm getting new shirts. Even my hair, I'm changing it. Oh, yeah. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. I have decided to benefit from what is coming in. These children, 
I've done enough. Children can be the reason why you go to prison. Children can be the reason why you never you have sleepless nights. Children can be the reason why you have heart attack. Children can be the reason why you are go crazy. Don't go crazy. The word is for you as well. The sheep are great. Let's take care of them. But let's eat what they eat. Let's eat what they eat. Let's test the food. Let's eat the food. Let's benefit. Let's be strong. Bible says in Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Take heed to thyself. And secondly, to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers and feed the flock of God which Christ has purchased with his own blood. First, you. Take heed to yourself, my darling. Take heed to yourself. First. And then to the flock over the witch. I like that over the witch. The Lord has made you overseers. So that you can feed the church of God. Feeding is not just bringing of food. But knowing what you're given. Knowing the taste. And letting you be in the first partaker. Most of us are not like that. I can assure you. And you know what I'm saying is true. You know what I'm saying is true. Should I prove it to you? Listen. The word of God that is preached is not supposed to be just for preaching. You see, many of us, we want our church to grow. You need something to pray, to preach about. You are a lay pastor, so you don't have time. So you pick up the book. What are we preaching? We're preaching what? Davidic success. Therefore, the first principle, second principle, third principle, and then you forget. And then while sometimes you don't even prepare, when you come and you sit down, then you scan through a little bit, and then you see one, one, two, three. And then when there is no, uh, the computer is working, the scriptures are not coming, then you are confused and flustered. Because the word, Bible says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, even the word which we preach. But is it true for us? If your notes got missing, could you preach? Could there be enough in you to still deliver? That's where we're going in the first set of this Danny Paul. Example, which example setting? Be the example before you set the example. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And this Ezra, let me read it to you from verse 5. The son of Abushia, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. Ezra was a priestly family member. This Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. This guy knew scriptures already, knew the word already which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel and of the priests and the Levites and the singers and the supporters and, and the porters and the Nethanims unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Atasexus the king. 
And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. This guy was a scribe. He knew the scriptures. He knew the word. And he had been also handed the, the laws of Moses. So he had it. Yeah. Let it not be deceptive to us. The fact that you've been handed the book does not mean that you shouldn't do what you need to do. We are not even scribes. He was a scribe and he had been handed. To, he was the one who was writing. And yet he said, for Ezra had prepared his heart, had prepared his heart, had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. I know it so what? You can know better. I've read the Bible several times. Every time I read the same verse, something new comes up. The word of God will teach you something new every day. And to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now, this is the copy of the letter that the king at Texas gave to Ezra the priest, the scribe. Even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of the statutes of Israel. He had word, but they gave him word. And he decided to study it. Amen. And so that is a thing that we all need to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, listen to this. Many people envy us. Many people envy us. For the kind of books, kind of works that we're seeing. And it is, I'm not surprised that people envy us. But I'm going to read a, subject, a topic in the Bible to see that you can be deceived. People can compliment you and deceive you. The Queen of Sheba, 2 Chronicles chapter 9, from verse 1. You know, now this guy, Solomon, was so wise, had so many proverbs. Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Songs of Solomon, all of them were written. That's not everything. He had a whole lot more. I mean, his wisdom was amazing. Amazing. And he had built such a temple. He had done such great works, just like our bishop. And his messages had spread abroad to the point where Queen Sheba came. And Bible says, and when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon or the fame of Bishop Dark, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that is in her heart. I mean, the woman had heard so many great things and she came prepared with money to buy wisdom. The same way that people come and buy our books and we sit watching because we've been given digital free. Free. Oh, I have it online. See, I'll show you that you don't know what is online. Yeah. And Solomon told her, all her questions, and there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba 
had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the Anakazo Bible School and the plenty buildings and cathedrals. Several denominations. We are in every continent. Crusades are the largest. When I looked at the crusade at Central African Republic, I said, is it possible? Is it the man that, I mean, when he finished, then he give me a call. Uh, Kojo, have you done this, this? I said, no, he's too great to call me. Maybe we are deceived. That great. And the meat on his table and the sitting of his servants, the number of pastors he had, the meat, the quality of things that we eat, the quality of meat, the words that we get. Meaty, meaty word. Every time his word is fresh. I don't know how he does it. And the attendance of his ministers. Wow. And their apparel. I mean, you see, when bishops are going, the train, when lay presidents are coming, they are cream. When board members are coming, when we sit here for official, the way we are dressed, when the lady pastors wear their yellow and the black, with flair, with zest. Oh my goodness. It's just when you see organized camp and you see this with the beauty, you see the way we've designed so colorful. Even this is a lay color. And the apparel, the cup bearers also, and the apparel, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. She was filled with awe. And she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in mine own land of your acts and thy wisdom. How be it? I believed not their words when they told me until I came and my eyes had seen it and behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me even. For you exceed the fame that I heard about you. Now watch, that's where the deception is. Happy are thy men. Your pastors must be really, I mean, fulfilled. They must be really solid. It's a lie. Can't be any lie like that. Happy are your men. And happy are these thy servants. We stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Is it true? Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in this your servant to set thee on this throne to be king for the Lord thy God. Because the Lord loved Lighthouse, loved Israel so much. To establish them forever. Therefore made he thee their king over them. To do judgment and justice. Big assumption. Because you are great. Your pastors must be great. Where is the church? Where is the mega church we have? Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence of our greatness? Where are our buildings? Where is our prosperity? 
Where are the pastors that we are training? Where are the camps we are organizing? Where are the fruits to show his greatness that is transmitted through us? Where are the fruits? Where are the fruits? We have just become just, just intelligent parrots that know how to re recite the message. Intelligent. Intelligence is not the same as anointing. In fact, some of us are not Christians. Oh, yeah. Listen, how do I know we become intelligent parrots? Without meaning a word of it, that thing is probably not even in our hearts. And probably the mistake is the fact that our king is so great. And so, screams of Sheba will come, noting it, come to buy into the wisdom, carry the wisdom. She came with all her servants. If you read, when she gave gifts, his servants also gave, her servants also gave gifts. We want to buy into this anointing. We want to buy into this wisdom. What can we give you? But when it comes to Galatians 6, 6, we don't even value anything. We may be deceived. The word may not be in us. How do I know? When these Orangu brothers came out there and I looked at what they are doing, I said, Christians can't do this. But when I look back at some of the messages they were preaching, I said, these are intelligent parrots. I tell you, they meant nothing. And it could be us. Your nice preaching there's no minutes in your heart. If they were Christians, they will not do what they are doing. Just the fact that a church is going to be split, a Christian will at least hold back. Hey, but when I see the preaching, one of the preachings that I saw about loyalty, I think that that guy preached better than Bishop. The message that I got, I told Kobe, I want that message to be shown. I understood even loyalty as, what? What a preacher. Deep revelations, windows, counsel, so much so that when you wrangle, when you place it by his behavior, you can see the message and the person are different. Ladies and gentlemen, let's learn that could be you, only you have not gone on social media. Who? Oh. I said, this guy is not a Christian. Let me tell you, I have a church member who is not a pastor, who is not a bishop. But this guy said, bishop can do this, can decide I'm going to destroy, I'm going to make it such that when somebody says I'm in light, they will be ashamed. Which Christian says that? Was he reading the Bible? Did the Bible mean much? Did it really rub into his heart? Or it was just an intelligent parrot speaking intelligence. You can go to school and lecture and you will really be a blessing. It makes you not a good pastor. That's why the fruit of the spirit are different from the, um, um, the, the anointing. The fruit of the spirit knows, it says how much God is inside of you. Yeah, that's a fruit. The fruit, the love, the patience, all the faithfulness, all these things, loyalty. Those are the, it's a, a measure, it's a measure of how much of God, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. 
that you have entered, that has entered you and you have become now your, your spirit controlled temperament. That you can't do certain things. Not power. Power means nothing. All power belongs to God. Power, where you can preach and people come, where you can preach and people say, what a word is this? That is not the thing. An intelligent person can, but when the coming through, then you see who's a Christian. And those people are not Christians. Christians won't do this. A little bit of God inside of you will not make you say or destroy a church and go on social media consistently. And some of us follow them. No. I had a church member who also got angry with me because he had spoken some negative openly to my wife. And I'm not going to stand that. I ain't going to stand now. You, you know how long I should be behind you and leave my wife? When the Lord goes, will you marry me? And you, I'm not homosexual. I said, no way. This is a bishop type lady. She's a better Christian than me. She was more intelligent in school than me. She does a few things better than me. Yeah. The only thing I do better is singing. I sing better than her. That's the only thing I do. And I went, I heard about all the shepherds called me. The way this guy has behaved towards your wife, it's not good at all. It's good. I had traveled. When I came back, I called a meeting. And I asked everybody, gave the evidence, and the guy was there. I said, you did this? So I openly addressed, because the Bible says that they that sin, um, uh, 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 rebuke openly that the others may fear. So I opened openly declared the thing that is wrong should never happen. Nobody should copy that mistake. The guy was quiet. Look, later on, the guy called a meeting and we went to a restaurant, sat down with some elderly people in the church. The guy was fuming, was about to beat me up. Oh yeah. That's how angry he was. He got up, panting. She, she got literally wanting to beat me up. So we talked resolved everything and afterwards I asked him but you have been this angry he said yes the day you were rebuking me I was boiling and I said how come you didn't react there you know what he told me he said pastor both you and I have been at this for a while we built this church together you may be the pastor but we supported you yeah we have investments and share here. They, we are building together with our father. We are doing our father's business. God is our father. So if I'm angry with you, I should not destroy the business of our father. Therefore, I'm not going to get angry in the church. What about the sheep we've gotten together? Should I make a mess of it and step out into another church and start going to win souls? Win the same souls that I've destroyed who don't believe anymore because I said bad things about you. Say, pastor, that's why I didn't do it. This is between you and I. We can have, that's a church man, not a pastor, not a reverend, not a lay president, not a bishop. A church member. Clearly, he had heard the voice of the word of the Lord. It had entered and he had something inside. Not just an intelligent parroting. He probably couldn't preach that much, but he had much. And 
recently asked me, he's left the church, but he recently called me, still having a relationship with me. He said, the way I've been disgraced, I can't be there. So, Pastor you let's patch it up and go a separate way. He called me, said, look, I want a prayer. Pray for me. And then he said, okay, can I go to Prophet Kaka? I said, yes. Are you sure I can? He said, I don't need to meet Prophet Kaka. Any of assistants. So, I, I said, okay, I called an assistant. But what I want, what was, go to Prophet Kaka. So, the assistant called me. Oh, this guy has called his car. I said, no, 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 no. I want to speak to Prophet Kaka. He should go directly. I sent him there. I mean, this is somebody who has got something inside. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be surprised that your pastoral work, if you don't change, you will be like these people. You may not be a Christian. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Children of rich people often become poor, ironically. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a scripture, I think it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. You have, you have had the good old days or something like that. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10. I think it says the inheritance, wisdom without inheritance is not good or something like that. Bring it. Yeah. Inheritance without wisdom is not good. Why should you say the good old days? It is foolishness to say that. Yeah. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. It means wisdom is not, inheritance is not good without wisdom. When they give you an inheritance from a father and you have not been given the wisdom of a father, it's not a good thing they've done to you. You're wasted. Some of these people, the wisdom that they were imparting, when they went there, there's nothing there. They had the inheritance, which is something that is given to you, but they didn't have the wisdom. We didn't get in the wisdom. And so often they say, the next verse is, the good old days, when we had our father with us, Bishop is not going to be here forever. You may be surprised when you get to heaven to, that they will tell you that of all that you were imparted with, if it had entered your heart, you could have done far more. Now, let me describe the true way you should look at the words that are coming. Not as an intelligent parrot without anointing. Number one, when you are listening, hear a teacher's voice. Don't hear a message to preach. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 20, 21, the Bible says, even though the Lord will give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, he will not remove your teachers into a corner, but you will hear a word Behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the left or when you turn to the right. Yeah. When you are hearing, listen to a teacher. A teacher guides. A teacher guides. When you are listening to the message, please hear something that is telling you, 
This is the way. It's solving a problem. Don't remove them to a corner. This is not my teacher. This is for my sheep. Don't remove them to a corner. Don't hide them. God is not hiding them. God is saying that he never hides your teachers. He puts them with you. And everything you are doing, they are, you must hear their voice telling you this is the way. Walk in it. Whether left or right. That means that whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your workplace. Look, it is loyalty teaching that made me the head of a team that I was new at. Yeah. I was inside a job. And then when I went into the job, can you imagine? There were four different specialists. All American nationals with my broken slangs. Black face. Ghana boy. I just arrived. I'm doing locum. I'm not even full time. Because I need time to do ministry work. So I do locum. I tell them when I can come, when I can come. Now, these guys, when I went there, not knowing the reason they had called me for this, the bosses called me for this, that these people had been staging some unrest. Yeah. So they were hoping that when I come, they will see that they are not indispensable. They will change. They tried to incorporate me into their problem. Yeah, I should join them to face the administration. Union against management. I said, I have learned that loyalty is to the higher authority. My loyalty is to the higher authority. Loyalty does not withhold information. Oh, I spilled it out. Yeah. Hebrews chapter, I think chapter 2 and verse 3. Watch it. In fact, chapter 3 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 2. He says that we should, he talks about the fact that we should consider our faithful, first of all, from verse 1, from verse 1, from verse 1, from verse 1, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him. I told the boys, you didn't appoint me, man. The scripture says, I learned it in loyalty, and this is the scripture. To him who appointed me. You didn't appoint me. You are just colleagues. So I stuck with these principles. Because I heard the voice of a teacher telling me this is the way. Ah, he walk here in it. This is the way. Walk here in it. This is the way. Walk here in it. Defied all of them. Suddenly, I just one month, I became the head of department. And I got them. Clap for the Lord Jesus. A faithful man will abound with blessings. That's what the scripture says. Proverbs chapter 28. We are bound in blessings. And I was blessed. There was a time that for the first seven years, I was such a foolish husband. I am trying to tell you that the way that bishop preaches, the way you have been doing it, writing notes to preach, there is another way to look at it so that I can change your life. Our marriages are suffering because we don't even hear the scriptures concerning marriage. We only preach it. One time a pastor was having a rift with a wife. And then the pastor went and preached forgiveness in the church. Louis, I remember that pastor. And then the, the wife was so, oh, glory to 
God, my husband has not forgiven me for these seven months. Today he's preaching about forgiveness. Oh Lord, you are prayer answering God. As the master pastor was preaching, was clapping for the pastor. Pastor was happy, clapping, clapping. And when they finished, went and held the, pa- the pastor. By the way, let's go home. Your message was so powerful. Oh, leave me alone. Oh, why? Leave me alone. Oh, leave me alone. So, oh, but we just preach about forgiveness. That's the, I was going to say fornication made easy. Forgiveness made easy. <laughs> Is it fornication made easy or forgiveness made easy? <laughs> forgiveness, okay. Don't go and say that I have such a book, okay. I told me not bad. Then we, no, no. Uh, yeah. The guy said, no. It was for preaching. I am not lying to you. I have evidence of people who know that person. It's for preaching. And that's what pastors have been reduced to. Yeah. Look, my marriage was working so terribly until my wife was about to leave. When I was parroting eloquently. Until a pastor came and lived in my house. And told me the same things that Bishop Da has said in the marriage counseling manual. For the first time, I took it to heart. I applied it. Today, my marriage is as sweet as honey. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't for preaching. It was a teacher telling me what to do. As I speak, my wife is not supposed to be in this conference, but she has followed me. Clap for the Lord Jesus. All because I heard the voice of the word of the Lord through a teacher. Not through a senior pastor who is telling me what to go and preach. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. The Bible says, because of lack of knowledge, my people perish. And because you have rejected my word, I have also rejected you. Because you've rejected I've rejected you from being a priest. Did you know that some of you, God has rejected us? No, no, since this is a scripture. You always knew Hosea forces us, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. But the second part is about pastors who do not use their knowledge and reject it, just preach it. He said, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you so that you will no more be a priest for me. Seeing that you've forgotten the law of the Lord, like that guy, I will also forget your children. That's serious. That's the implication of what we're doing. Oh, by the time we finish, we'll have a new attitude towards the word. Oh, yeah. Towards the voice. Yes. The voice of the word of the Lord. Yeah, the voice. God will give you a voice. Eh? That voice is not a preacher's voice. It is a teacher's voice. You will hear a voice from behind. From today, may you hear a voice. From behind. Let the voice be yours. Let the word be yours. Not for your sheep. Hear it yourself. Let it preach to you first. You are the one that is being taught. If you can't learn it, how can you be an example setter? This example setter, I think we'll consider it on the last day of the camp. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Your teacher, he's your teacher. He's not your sheep's Sunday school teacher. Bishop is your teacher. Not your sheep Sunday school. On Sundays, he comes to teach. You bring the what he taught for Sunday school. You. 
Yeah. You are not a priest if you don't partake first. Number two, it's a prophet's voice. It's a, I'm talking about the lovely voice that has been misplaced. A lovely voice. The lovely voice of God. I told you I can sing better. A prophet's voice. Prophet's voice. Yeah. Ezra chapter 6. Ezra is coming again. And verse 14. He says, And the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Ido. And they built and they finished their building according to the commandment of the God of Israel. Through a voice. Oh, through a voice. Yes. According to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes. The Bible says the elders. So it's not the sheep. The elders prospered. The elders were able to build because they paid heed. It's the elders. It's the elders. It's the pastors. But the prophesying, look, when I hear Bishop preaching or praying and prophesying, I repeat the prophecy on myself. I preface the prophecy on myself. He says it and I repeat it. Communion, he repeats it upon himself. He says, when you do that, you prosper. I think I have prospered. Clap for the Lord. I think I have prospered. I think I have built. Then perhaps the reason you are not building, perhaps the reason you haven't prospered is because as an elder, you are not seeing the prophetic voice of God. You try it. Yeah. Try it. See it as prophecy. When the word comes, it's me. It's me. It's me. That's why he says the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen to you. And I believe it. When, by the time we finish, I will show you a prophetic thing and I will show you that pastors have benefited. Yeah. The elders were able to build. The elders prospered by the prophesying of their prophets. They didn't take, because they are elders, I'm receiving it to go and prosper other people. Some of us are pastors, our sheep are prospering more than us. It ought not be so. It's nice, but you should also, as the priest saw the people, there's a reason why it is said. That's the example setting. Our prosperity must, let me tell you, I visited a brother's house. I said, this brother has received the word of the prophet as the voice of the word of the Lord and has applied it. Even the way the house is built is a prophet's mind. Arrangements, the prophet's mind. Yeah. Yeah. The way I treat my children, I watch him and I do it. I hear what he says and I do it. Yeah. Prophecy. Prophecy. He prophesied some time ago about mortgages. That people are going to mortgage, they're all going to be poor. So stop your mortgage. Immediately I took it as the word of prophecy for me. And that's what saved me. Today, I owe nothing by the grace of God. Oh, yeah. I don't have money. I have property by the grace of God. I don't keep money. Every money is used to buy property. And I don't do mortgage. It's a prophetic voice. Yeah. 
Bible says, by these prophecies, that ye may war a good warfare. Not all warfares are good, but when you get prophecy and you operate, you're warring a good warfare. I'm talking to pastors about our pastor's voice. As a teacher, as a prophet. When flow is going on, I get up. I get up. I get up. The message, you're coming out. And I say, yes, I'm coming out. He preached and I just repeat it. To myself, not to my church members. I preach it to myself. It's a prophet's voice. The elders prospered, not the sheep. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13, we all know it. It says that through the prophet Israel was brought out of delivered from Egypt. And by a prophet, they shall be preserved. It's not enough to be brought out. But you need the preservation maintenance. It's also from there. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. Many things that destroy us, if we take the word as healing, it will correct our marriage, it will correct our attitude, it will correct our behavior, it will correct our choices, it will correct our wisdom, I tell you. I'm telling you, pastors don't do that. We are too busy preparing for the church members. Bishop is not a magical voice for transmitting words to others. You are first a sheep. Yeah. Acts chapter 7, verse 33. I'm going to read a passage about how the hearts of the people change from the prophecy. When they entered the church in the wilderness. Then said the Lord to Moses. Put off thy shoes from thy feet. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. That was the calling. Second calling of Moses. Put off thy shoes. Holy ground. God appeared to him. God has appeared clearly to our prophet. From today you can teach. And I'll prove it to you. And clearly. It is working. It was holy ground. It was special calling. He did it for you and for me. And Bible says he removed the shoes. And he said, verse 34, I have seen. I have seen. He said it twice. I have seen. I have seen the affliction. I have seen. I have seen the affliction of my people. I have seen. I have seen the affliction of my people. Your affliction has answers in Moses' calling. Doubly so. Which is in Egypt. And I have heard their groaning and I am come down to deliver them. Only God doesn't do things himself. So he sends a messenger. Sends a prophet. And now come. I will send you to my people in Egypt. This Moses whom they refused. I'm sure you tell me you haven't refused Bishop Dak. I mean, but I'll prove to you that there's refusal. Saying, who made thee a ruler? Listen. Bishop has not told me even one thing about what to preach. I tried. He didn't. I've tried very hard. The first ideal leper says the same thing he did to me. I'm not, call, <laughs> I'm not reporting, but you know. I've tried. Even my wife has tried. Tell him. One day I told him, Bishop, you taught us that when the prophet, Isaiah chapter 40, he said that, and he said, the prophet, God told him, 
Go and cry. And the prophet said, what shall I cry? I quoted it to him. All flesh is grass, he said. And then every flower is whatever. Uh, the life of whatever. Is, uh, the glory of a man is a, like a flower. And so you too, you said I should go and cry. What should I cry? And he just said, I called Joe. And then walked away. Let me tell you the truth, if you care to know. A week ago, I'd been preparing for six weeks. All of it was wiped out in Korea. I cried like a baby. My wife puts me in her arms like a baby. I cried tears. And the following day, I was praying. I thought I was, you know, spiritual abuse. My wife said I cried throughout the prayer. I, I said I didn't cry. Uh, the prophet said cry. God said cry. So what shall I cry? <laughs> no. This is new. I understand why God said God allowed it to happen. We did everything. We retrieved it. It didn't come out. So this message, I don't know it. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. He said, this Moses, when you feel saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? I'm sure some of you say, ah, why should he dictate everything to us? Look, you are living a supernatural life. The easiest thing is to obey a prophetic word. The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out and after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt. We've seen a lot of wonders and signs. By now it should prove to you. No man can do these things except God be with him. If you had doubts, by now it should be dissolved. Central Africa, that just picture of Central Africa alone should tell you something. The president's wife was at every meeting, knelt down at every meeting, prayed for, oh my goodness. Sometimes you have to learn to travel with a prophet to see what we don't see or we don't have eyes to see. Yeah. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you, your brethren like me, and you shall hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. God said, the church, the church was mentioned this is the first time in the Bible, in the wilderness. It's the same thing. Most Moseses are refused by the elders. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him. The voice is the voice of an angel. An angel speaks to these people who are called by God in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Oracles are the mind of God. Look, I see the words that Bishop Dab brings as the mind of God. Eh? It's so supernatural. Oh yeah, the mind of God. One day I lost my job. When I lost my job, you see, people go and pay all kinds of money for prophets and things. When you have a prophet right at your doorstep, 
I went to tell my pastor, Apostle Joe, Apostle Joe, I said, call prophet, I call prophet. Prophet immediately told me, could you call this guy, she's doing locum, you to go and do some. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been so blessed with that prophetic direction. Just go, just go, just go, just go. Sometimes I'm dealing with a problem and he's, he's doing flow and then a prophetic word comes, I take it and I operate it. It's me. I'm not going to preach it. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And he said, to whom our fathers would not obey, but they thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here, so I won't say that you've turned back. It's not obvious that you've turned back against your dad. But it's in the heart. Bible says, is it, is it Proverbs 14 verse 1? One of them. He says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I haven't, rarely do you say somebody saying there's no God. They say it in their heart. You can see it in their actions. And the Bible says that in the church, usually they know the right thing. So they turn in their hearts. Bible says that out of, I mean, they, they guard your heart with all diligence. Huh? Is that what the Bible says? Proverbs 4, 23. Out of it are the issues of life. So when life is issuing, you want to find out what is in somebody's heart. Watch what they are doing. Mama, it's good to see you. Watch what they are doing. It's their heart. They turned away to their own peril. I've turned away from Bishop Dad before. I know it. I was quarreling with him. Concerning my wife and full time. I wouldn't hear anything he would say. So I know what it means. It's not far-fetched. You can be offended about a rebuke, about a correction, about a word that was pleased, about something you didn't like, about the way you organized, I mean, counseled you and your spouse. Something. They turned in their hearts to Egypt. Saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't even know what has become of him. Sometimes we feel that Bishop is too extreme. Yeah. We want some softer. This Moses, we don't know what has happened. Let's go to Aaron. Let's go to somebody who will become. We know he's going to say, kill yourself for Jesus. Uh -huh. He's going to say that. So sometimes, because of that, we shrivel away. And we go to Aaron. Aaron is the one you can tell what to do. He said, go, make us gods. And let a leader, let us do the good. Bring us, preach about prosperity. Yeah, let's do all these things. And that, that was the distraction of Israel. Clap for the Lord Jesus. The next voice, the next thing the voice does, is a voice that invites you into God's great plans for you. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 1 to 5. The Bible says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her. That her warfare is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. That's comforting words. Comforting words. The voice of him. Listen again. The voice of him that cried in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah chapter 40. It's on the board. Yeah. Prepare ye. So the voice cries out to you that 
When you hear the voice, it means it's time. God is making a way. He's coming. He is coming. God is actually coming. Make room for God's plans. When I hear something that is being preached, it means this area of my life is on God's heart. Yeah. It's on God's heart. That's why he's talking about it. Whether it's bad or good, God address me. Proverbs 29 and verse 11. I'm Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They are thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. The voice of the words of the Lord. It's a shepherd's voice. It's a shepherd's voice. The next thing, it's a shepherd's voice. A shepherd's voice gives direction. Yeah. Gives direction. It's a prophet voice which is spiritual because we are too carnal. It's a shepherd's voice for a sheep because we are too dumb. I know you won't like it. There's a reason why God calls us sheep. It's a father's voice. The shepherd's voice. Too dumb. Psalm 77 from verse 19 to verse 20. Bible says that the way of the Lord is in the sea. The Lord leads us through deep waters. But his footsteps cannot be found. Do you know where God is taking you? You don't know. His way is in the sea. If it was you alone, would you go into the sea? It's in deep waters. Will you drown yourself? His footsteps are difficult to find. So he gives you a shepherd. And in verse 20 he says, He led his people by the hand, as a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Clap for the Lord Jesus. You may not believe it. Maybe I'm sounding too spooky. Oh, I know what to do. Okay, no problem. I'm talking about you as a pastor and the way you've transmitted the thing, you seem to believe that the church member needs it. But how come you don't love yourself a little? If, it's, if you are sincere, then it's true. The church members need it. But what about you? You are the shepherd to the sheep. Well, you are sheep to your shepherd. And therefore, God says, he leads that leading of the Lord is difficult. I, I, mean, I don't know about you. Maybe you hear the Lord every time, but he says he sends you a shepherd who leads his flock by the hand. Come. By the hand of Aaron. Moses and Aaron. Moses, Moses is the head pastor bishop. That Aaron is your branch pastor or your denominational bishop. That's what it is. There are always going to be two people. The one that God called and then the one that's a spokesman for the one God called. Clap for the Lord Jesus. God called Moses and made Aaron a spokesman. Every child of God, if the arrangement is right, according to the church in the wilderness, you will have a Moses and an Aaron. You are led by those people. Apostle has done a wonderful work in my marriage. One day as I was going, I had forgotten, forgotten my, my, my wife's birthday as usual. Yeah. And I was going home. And I heard that somebody had sent flowers my children told me. And then they were calling me to say that, hey, this guy is going to get in trouble. They were telling me. That's when I remembered. They were telling me that somebody has brought 
flowers to mommy. And then we were just teasing mommy. That, hey, mommy, if daddy hears that this guy has brought flowers, he'll kill you. And they were, were making a joke out of it. That's how I found out. So I called Apostle. He says, you know, order, order. And let them deliver before you go home. So that doesn't sound like you have, yeah. And I ordered, and then she kept me on the phone, chatting, 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 until we called my son to when that thing had arrived. Then I entered the home gallantly. Yeah, clap for the, that's a shepherd. That's a shepherd. He led the flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Do you have that feeling about the words of the bishop? That he's holding your hand. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to, maketh me to. One day I told some nurses that, uh, they, they, uh, you know, somebody asked me for, for some, something or another. So I'll make the nurse get it to you. And one nurse heard me. Told me, Doc, you will make me. You will ask me. Hey, I said, what's the difference? No, to make means that you are telling me, it's like it's an order. You, you ask me. I said, okay. But a shepherd can make you. A shepherd can tell you what to do, and you should do it. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. There's a reason why shepherds look like supermen. That voice, that, that comprehensive voice is a father's voice. It's a father's voice. Too young to direct yourself. Too young. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son, attend unto my words. Incline your ear unto my saying. Let it not depart. Or keep them in the midst of your... Yeah, let it not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health unto all their flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a father's voice. My son, incline your ear unto my sayings. It's not just for preaching. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep looking, keep watching, keep hearing. Incline means that make the effort. When you hear that it's there, it's, then you come in, then you come in, then you come in and listen. Listen for yourself. Be an Ezra. One time, recently my son called me. And told me, Daddy, you have changed my life. I said, why? He told me, I've just been invited to play saxophone in the main first life service. And I said, okay, so what's that? He said, do you remember? I wanted to play flute. And he said, clarinet. And I said, oh, who plays clarinet? Come on, change into a saxophone. And I said, he said he fought it and fought it, but I insisted that saxophone is what will send you somewhere in the future. Not to, and so I bought, a, I, I first of all bought a saxophone, and then by the time I he saved money to buy a very fancy saxophone. He lost the saxophone, he even calls it a girl's name. 
Yes. And I sang. And so he sent me and said, you've changed my life. And I said, why? He said, you told me, insisted I do this. And thank you. And he said, you've said many things that have helped me. Even going to Ghana. He was carrying Amazon boxes. You know, they finish school and then there's what you call gap here. Because they gap they are thinking. We don't know what to do. I look at this boy. He's carrying boxes and making money. And he doesn't seem to want to do anything with his life. One day I told him, no. This thing, spirituality, professionality, every little doesn't seem to be working. I'll send you to a place. Yeah. Just like, you know, sometimes, you see, your father is a doctor, so you operate like, you are, you are driving, you are spending free, you have a nice room, you have a television, you have money all the time, you buy gas without your money, all these things. I said, this guy is not going to do well. And I sent him to Ghana. Wow. They turn all the lights on every day. Recently, we came to their house, and then we turned on the air conditioner. My wife came out of the room. By the time I realized they had gone to close the door, turned off the air conditioner, turned off the lights. I said, aha, uh -huh, it's working. She's, he's so happy about this decision. Now he's doing medicine in Ghana. Initially, he fought it initially and failed half of his exam. Then he's realized, hey, this is good for me. Since then, he's been getting distinctions and credits. And he tells me, thank you again for insisting. A father's voice makes you do what you may not want to do because you're perhaps too young in your thinking to make that decision. Yeah. To make that decision. Yeah. It is not just a preaching voice. A father's voice changes your destiny. I would never have been a pastor but for that voice. I would never have been, I think I'm not bad when it comes to marriage. I've been counseled by a father. And because I trust in the father's heart, I've taken him as a father. Yeah. That even the person I married was his daughter. I proposed. And then my wife told me, give me some time, let me speak to my counselors. And went and spoke. They said, ah, why didn't we even think of Kojo? You've been here singing. We've been looking for beloved for you for a long time. They said, go and say yes. Look, she said yes before I could ask how. She called me into a restaurant. I bought the food, but I knew that it was okay. But I said, well, let's pray before I tell you what I'm going to say. I said, you can pray as long as you want. This one, I'll wait. A father has spoken. A father spoke even my wife into being. Clap for the Lord Jesus. A father's voice. You can count on it because he's thinking about you. Because he loves you. Because he cares about you. You can take it to the bank. Even if it doesn't suit you. It doesn't fit, sit well with you. It's a father. What evil can he do you? Because he said go full time and you couldn't go. Come on now. The prodigal son, they told him not to go, but he went. He still came back and they embraced him. He's still a father. The father's voice. The father's voice. Let me tell you, that is the voice that the prodigal son lacked. That caused him. They bought the son here and they had the same amount of wealth. Half of the wealth, half of the wealth. The father retired and gave half. This guy took the half without the father's input, the father's voice. 
Then the elder brother stayed with the half, but kept the father's voice. Ladies and gentlemen, a father's voice can, when the prodigal son's wealth got finished, because there was no father's voice, because his half, while he stayed with the father, his half remained intact. But when he went, it just got lost. Many of us, if the voice was there, perhaps you wouldn't have this been, 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 been divorced. If you had kept the voice, but you wouldn't have lost your job. So when the little boy came home, the prodigal son, and then father, father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer fit to be your son. Make me one of your hired servants and things. Father hugged him. And he told, go and kill the fattened calf. Put ring on his hand. Put. The father didn't say one word to him. He said, this guy is not into words. He's into things. So give him things. Oh, have you thought about it? You've never thought about it, right? Never said one word. Watch in the Bible. Go and read the Bible. Not one word. Which word did he say to him? No. This guy is not into words. He's not into the voice of my words. He's into things. Give him things. But immediately the big brother came and he heard that thing. What has happened? And then what is it? And he got angry. He got angry. And then the Bible says the father turned and said, this is your brother. Started talking. Stop. He's, he said, you didn't even kill one kid. One thing for me. But you have given this. Out. He said, no, he's not into things. He spoke but didn't give anything. All he said is, everything I have is yours. Then he started, let me continue speaking to you. Let me continue speaking. Let me continue speaking. Let me continue speaking. Let me continue speaking. My words are more important than anything. Because you kept my words, everything I have is yours. But this is your brother. He's lost. He has the inheritance, but no words. All he has is what he had, and he's gone. So he's actually borrowed from you. Everything I have is yours. He kept pumping the words to this guy. Calm down. This guy was about to get angry and then probably fight for the police to come. The father's words calmed him down. Stay prosperous. After all, you don't need to. Come, let me counsel you. All that I have is yours. This brother is a fool. He was lost. He's just found. It's only he's been found. We have to do maintenance. He was lost. He's not into words. Zero words to the guy. Zero words. He's not into the father's words. Some of us, the words don't come to us. Zero words because we're not into words. That's why we become prodigal. So we never get the father's blessing. The words of the father is what changed Jacob from a trickster supplanter into Israel. The prince of God. Just the words. He never became a preacher. But he's done better than most of the preachers in Lighthouse. Jacob. Let's do better than Jacob. Let's do. Jacob is one of my best lay people in the Bible. I'm studying Jacob. Let's flow with him. I can talk to you about birthrights and blessings. That's one of the things that was wiped off. into words. You don't want words? No problem. I'll not waste my time. I'll not waste my time. You're not into my words. I know you. And some of you, spiritually, you're not into the words of the bishop. You're into the messages. 
messages are not necessarily the same as the father's words it's a preacher's word it's a preacher's word let me tell you in case you are not a son or a daughter even Jesus had to convert in Romans chapter 1 he says Jesus was called the son of Joseph as he was supposed and also the son of God spiritually you must have a son I mean a father now, the last voice, which is a very interesting voice. Do you want to hear the last voice? The last type of voice. Very powerful voice. What's the first voice? What's the first? If you want to benefit from what Bishop preaches, what should you first in? The voice of a teacher. Number two? The voice of a prophet. Number three? The voice that invites you to God's plans for your life. Number four. The voice of your shepherd. Write it. The voice of my shepherd. Uh -huh. Then number what? Five. The voice of your father. And number six, what? You're waiting for that. You really want to know? Should I tell you? The voice of a sexy singer. Sexy singer. <laughs> you will understand. Ezekiel chapter 33. From verse 30. Watch this. Sexy singer. Beautiful singer. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 30. Also, please bring it. Let's see. I want us to read it all ourselves. Ezekiel chapter 33. Verse number 30. The guy has not opened Ezekiel for 35 years, so struggling. Okay. Also, thou son of man, watch this. The children of thy people still are talking against you. The son of man, Ezekiel. He said, you are a prophet. I sent you as a prophet to the people. But the people are speaking against you. They are speaking against you by the walls and in the doors of their houses. And they speak one to another, everyone to his brother, saying, come, I pray you, and come and listen. Come and hear what is the word that comes from the Lord. You see, a message has appeared, though. A new message has come. A new message has come. Let's go on to the next one. Also, also, they come unto thee as the people come, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. Verse 33, 32 is interesting. And lo, you have become to them as a very lovely singer. You are a lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. And they hear your words, but they do not do them. Sexy singer. Nice voice. Have you had the latest hit? Have you had the latest album? There's a new release. Have you had it? Have you had a new message? That's all we discuss. But not to do them. Not to do them. Not to do them. It's beautiful. Wow. That camp was nice. Nice about what? How did it benefit you? Have you had the message about the what? 
the, the seven great principles. Have you heard about Davidic success? Yeah. Wow. Charlie, the latest. Did you hear about the, 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 the recent Manila message? Man, that was very powerful, eh? On the relationships. It's like a new album has come. It's like there's a new release. When we're young, have you heard about Kojuntri? That Dianuma has come. Hashia is released part two. Pozo Hayes. I don't know what the latest ones are now. Have you heard? Have you heard? Someone say, have you heard? Have you heard? This is how it's become. Bishop's voice is a nice voice. The messages are nice messages. Flo, have you, did you attend Flo? Yeah. Charlie, did you hear what was preached about? Yes, yes, yes. This is what they are describing. It's like a song. It's like a new release, like an album. Oh, look. Let me tell you. If you now start identifying the shepherd's voice, the father's voice, the voice of God's plans for you, you now start to see the teacher, the prophet's voice, and stop this sexy dancing voice. When you hear the thing, it's so nice. You tell people it was very powerful. Usually our description, how is the message? Powerful. Let me tell you before we go home, before we go and sleep, the proper use of this misplaced voice. And my word, my sister, I, you know, initially I called it the lovely voice of God. But it's a misplaced voice. It's a sexy singer. It's nice. It's a new album has been released. Have you heard the Unox? You heard about the Unox, right? You heard about use it or lose it, right? Going deeper, doing uh, business in deep waters. You heard about the latest. But what, sometimes what we know is just a title. How many, you know that a song has, has come, but you don't know the lyrics. But you know there's a new release. You even know the author, but you don't know the lyrics. That's how it is with most of the messages. Let's write notes when the messages are coming. Let's highlight them. Let's sit down and listen. Yeah. The Bible says, you know, it's also an anointed voice. It's God's mouthpiece for you. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. The second part. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you chalak or prosper. Believe me, I've seen pastors prosper because of these words. And I see you prospering in the name of Jesus. I see great things coming to you in the name of Jesus. How do these powerful words become so powerful? Because Isaiah chapter 34, verse number 16, the Bible says, Seek out the book of the Lord and you read it. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. Or it means they will couple. When they say this, it will come to pass. For my mouth, Isaiah will say, my mouth, it has commanded it. And God's spirit, it will gather them together. That's how God makes it. That's how prophecies work. The mouth of the prophet speaks the command. And it's up to the Lord's spirit to gather it, to make it happen. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Believe it. Sometimes just by believing, the spirit of the Lord gathers it for you.
Because it's a command. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse number 26 to 28. The Bible says, The Lord who confirms the words of his servant and he performs the counsel of his messengers. I don't even need to read any further. He confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. And as for Bishop Dark, he is proven. Charlie, God is with the man. Clearly, no man can do this except God be with him. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's also important because in Numbers chapter 6, Read from verse 22, the New Living Translation, if you have it. Numbers chapter 6 and verse number 22. It says, and the Lord spake, said to Moses, watch this. Uh -huh. Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. The King James says, tell them to bless them by saying these words to them. If I say, speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, on this wise you shall bless the children of Israel. Say these things to them. Now, the new living, go ahead. It says, tell them the Lord bless thee and the Lord keep thee. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Say, just say it. I will do it. Keep going. Keep going. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Uh -huh. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Next. Next, whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Clap for the Lord Jesus. I myself will bless them. I myself will bless them. I myself will bless them. So, you know, because of this, whenever Bishop proclaims a blessing, I repeat it on myself. I myself. It is not the man blessing, eh? It is the Lord blessing because that is the nature Tell them to speak to your, my people this way. Because my name is upon them. I am going to take it up. What you say, I will cause it to come to pass. Bless them in this wise. And once you bless them, I will use it as the blessing. What you say is what I'm going to bless them based upon what you say. 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 Therefore, when the blessings are coming and you are just transmitting it, where is your blessing? Where is your blessing? Where is your blessing? That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, it is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Finally, let me just read Psalm 61. I mean, Isaiah 61 to you. And let me tell you, because the final voice is an anointed voice, a mouthpiece of God. And I'll relate it to your life. And you will see that from today, you really have to look at this carefully. Bible says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The anointing, my brother, the anointing is upon the man of God. Say amen. amen. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things, good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them 
that are bound. All these, an anointed person is sent to do them for you. I have been freed from captivity. When I came to the church, ladies and gentlemen, I had a lot of demons following me. Nothing was working. I was doomed to die because all the males in my house, they die when they go to college. But I met a man of God who had an anointed voice. Who spoke the blessing. You shall not die but live to declare the works of the Lord. And since then I have lived. Do I look dead? The prison gates are broken. Everybody, every male that followed me now goes to college for free. Yeah. Everyone, that shall be your story in the name of Jesus. That shall be your story. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Sometimes I am in deep trouble and I just listen to a message and I receive comfort. I don't know where that just comes from. Bible says through the comfort of the scriptures. Through the comfort of the scriptures. And it says to appoint unto them that morning Zion and to give them beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Kobe, Look, I started with this man. This man didn't used to go to school. They sent him to school. Yeah. He's in another country. In a dormitory that he doesn't belong to. In another school. With a girl. I mean, if there's anything like ashes. This guy was not only burnt, but was ashes. I don't even know how I got to become friends with him. Because I was also ashen like him. So when we came to the church, we met together and said, look, the way our lives are going, only ashes, ashes, nobody uses anything for anything. So we decided to do a business together called Beck and Co. Those Beck and Co business, we wrote a letter. We were nobody. I had just become a doctor first year. My wife was pregnant with her first baby. And we decided we're going to go door to door because we are not doing well. I mean, I had a beetle. Even the beetle, I had to pray for somebody to die. By the grace of God, she died. To get it. Because she had cancer, but she was delaying too much. Yeah, the doctors were not going to be able to do anything. So just die so that I can have a car. Yeah, you are, we are wasting a lot of money on you. Husband is suffering and thing. I prayed. Oh, it was. I prayed. I prayed a spiritual prayer. The Lord, if you are going to kill him, kill him quick, kill him quickly. But if he's going to die, let her die quickly because I need the car. And by the grace of God, she died. Hallelujah. We buried her and I got the beetle. That was the beetle we used to distribute. We went to Unilever. We went, we go to, we went, wrote big letters. And we went to, to, to big places to say they should give us supplies. We will retail for them. Soap, key soap, Nestle, this. And then at that time, they had started this flats in um, Redco Flats. Flat. We wrote them, wrote, we are a, a newly identified company who assessed the needs of average families in your groceries. We have chosen to make your life easier, your new busy life easier by buying your groceries for you at reasonable price from the wholesale and delivering at your doorstep at no extra cost. Those were the words. Yes. A partnership 
of different levels, and we signed big name. And I became so I said, Doctor Kojolins Lindsay, and this one he didn't have any doctor, so he just added his name. He was still ashes while I was upgrading. And then we sent, look, we would sell the rice. We got rice. We put the packages and things. We even went for a van, which was a mortuary van, because we didn't have money. We we'll package the things and we'll go room to room. The people were paying. They were so grateful. We we're making profit. And at a point, we said, Charlie, the profit is not enough. Even the thing, the rice case, we call it alonka. We dented the bottom so that, you know, it was some, some, some way Jacob type tricks, that type thing. It was all his idea. Me, I was a very righteous man. You know, short people like doctor, this doctor, they are like that. They have very wild ideas. So I just followed the ashes as I was making him better, you know. We sold these things, we sold these things, trying very hard. Trying so hard to prosper. At a point, we did and then people really, you know, and because when the, the, the market increased, now we will back the things in the night. It will take so long. My wife was a director at a point. He said, I can't be climbing these stairs. I have resigned as a director. The work is too hard because we had to walk. And at a point, we didn't have manpower. We didn't have transport. And then we were so late in presenting the thing. When we go there, those that will go in the morning, we'll get all our money. But because the market was growing, we had to go in the afternoon. They had gone out. We leave the things and they don't pay us back. All our money got finished. At the point one day we sat and said, you take six key soaps. Take three, I'll take three. Uh, listen, take six, I'll take six. We just shared the rest. As for the money, I don't know. And I left America. Whether you collected the money, I don't know. I haven't asked any questions. Ashes. Ashes. But today, he's a business owner. When you see his mansion, when you see his cars, I mean, when you see what the Lord has done through the teachings, even about faithfulness, prophetic blessings that have been placed upon us, advice and counsel that has been issued into our lives, beauty has come where there were ashes. Look at such a person. How many people would not like to marry them? Yeah. Many of us, when we came to the church, were nothing. When we were not pastors, these words were everything. And you've come to this point. The prophet that delivered you from Egypt is the same prophet that should preserve you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Use it. Keep using it. You haven't reached yet. You haven't reached anywhere yet. It's an anointed voice. It's supposed to convert ashes into beauty. Do you know the difference between ashes and beauty? There's no comeliness in ashes. It's finished. It's over. There's no hope. Where there's no hope, it brings hope. That's the anointed voice. And he said, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, encouragement, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. All these things, the voice is used to bring glory to God. And God wants to see you do well, and you are refusing the voice. Therefore, you are receiving... God wants to be glorified in your beauty, in the things that happen to you by you refusing it. God is very happy. He's happy at the prosperity of his people. Clap for Jesus. He's excited about it. And Bible says, watch this verse 4. And they shall build the old waste places. It will be the reason why things that was not working will work. 
They shall raise up the former desolations. Things today, things that are not working. Like I said, I was supposed to be dead. Now when I entered university, desolations, now everybody goes to university. They shall raise up former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Generations. And sometimes there is a familiar curse. You'll be the first person to escape that curse. And generations that are following will see the Lord's mercy because of the prophetic words. Because of the prophetic words. Because of the prophetic words. In the name of Jesus Christ. And strangers shall stand and feed your flock. And the sons of aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dresses. You will have an international business. In the name of Jesus Christ. Expatriates can be employed by you. You'll be, an, you'll be in an international company. Or your sheep will be international in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Bible says, and verse 6, I like this. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. It takes the voice of the word of the Lord to make a priest. Who would have thought that Eben you'll be a priest? Bishop Sly is a nickname. It's not a bishop. Yes. I mean, a bishop that they call Sly well, is nowhere likely to become a pastor. But by the voice, by the voice, by the voice of that prophet, you have become a priest. Remember that you became a priest by that voice as he preached righteousness to you. I used to be a pimp. I'm surprised that I'm a preacher. I'm surprised. Even my old girlfriends are ashamed to come near me. Because they know I'm a priest. They know I'm a priest. Some of us, when we look at our lives, that voice has made us. He says, if it's an anointed, it shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. When the family meets and you haven't prayed, they haven't started. Your family calls you a sorrowful. Or suffer, mommy. Where did it come from? But a voice, but a voice, but a voice that spoke righteousness into your life. Bible says, You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and their glory shall in their glory shall you boast yourselves. Your businesses, everything that comes, you hold it and it becomes fine. It becomes it increases. It is the money coming from Gentiles. Lay people is talking about you. The money of the Gentiles will come to you. Some of us, because of the anointing, you go to a place, you get promotion quickly. You go to a place, like Bible says that Joseph prospered when he was in Potiphar's house. It's the anointing that is attracting that promotion. You will actually enjoy the riches of the Gentiles. Most of you who are pastors, if you say you are resigning from your work, your boss will cry. They like you. They'll give you anything to stay. I tell you, I told you I lost a job. When I lost a job, it was very painful. Now I do locum. Just last week, I was in Korea. And I received a text from that same guy. Please come back. Please come back. I said nothing. He wrote a whole lot. Oh, we're employing two. We're giving them this. But you can name your price. You can do this. I said nothing. Then I waited. Then after a while, and he sent another. By the way, you can decide whatever hours you can work. You are about to eat the riches of the Gentiles. You are about to eat the riches of the Gentiles. You are about to reach the riches of the Gentiles. 
When I used loyalty and I stayed on, I became department head. And for that reason, I had to get a pay increase. It's the riches of the Gentiles. Yeah. When you hear the words that are Davidic success, Abrahamic success, Solomonic success, all those success keys about the fruits of the spirit, about even faithfulness and loyalty, about hard work, all these things are preached from the Bible. And it just upgrades you to enjoy the riches of the Gentiles. Lay people, we are into Gentiles. We are into the unbelievers ministry. We bring the money and we use it to build churches. God is about, because of the voice. The voice, anointed voice. That makes you see, anointing is made up of so many things. One of them is meh. One of them is sweet calamus. It attracts good things, attracts angels, attracts favor. And then another one is called, the, 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 there's one that is um, sweet calamus, the, the, the cinnamon, the meh, the oil, and something. That wraps, the oil, it wraps, and it takes the flies away. It repels demons. Repels demons. Repels demons. And suddenly you see that you in your family, because of these same words you've been under, because of that grace, the words that are spoken, you are different. You look in your family, you are different. You are unique. You are a family earner. You are a family supporter. Everybody looks up to you, whether for counsel, for finances, for something. Literally. Because you've made a priest by the voice. And now you are enjoying the riches of the Gentiles. Why pass on such a voice? Why just be a transmitter of such a voice? Why not keep that voice for yourself? At least keep it a little. I mean, one time a person was giving something, an award. And then he said, oh, what a blessing. This is all because of the Lord. Oh, all because of the Lord. He said, well, 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 I take the glory. And I give it to God. He kept it for a while. <laughs> he kept the glory for a while. At least keep the word for a while. Let it sink in. Let it establish before you pass it on. You will enjoy the riches of the Gentiles. Daniel was a lay pastor. He enjoyed the riches. Every president wanted to sign him on. Favor. Jacob, an unbeliever who came and found favor with God. And Laban could not let him go. He marries one. The other ones would say, marry me favor oh yeah many of you if today was the way day you are married people will compete for you yeah when you started off you were not like that you are an upgraded version because of a voice it's biblical the quality of the voice determines the quality of your upgrade yeah I'm different Totally different. And the riches of the Gentiles are flowing. People are even envious. So like us, there is a church of the rich people. We didn't select rich people. People came in and became rich. Oh, yeah, if you like, let me show it to you. Dr. Notch, when you joined this church, how rich were you? No, I wasn't rich at all. You see, 
Were you rich? Not at all. Eben, I knew you. Nothing. I am you. Were you at Caterpillar? At all, nothing. Bishop, slide. Zero. All of these people, eh? Let me tell you that the, Dr. Baka, I knew you as a medical student. Yeah. They've joined. Now they said the rich church, we just are attracting the rich people. Look at the first lovers. Look at the first lovers, young people that are. Watch them. Every one of them is going to grow up. They're going to be richer than us. Because they understand the word better. They seem to take the glory before they give it to the sheep. They take the anointing. Watch this. The word. They take the voice as theirs. They call him our personal person. God likes it. They are not dealing with an idol. They are valuing a voice. A voice. And tomorrow, God, when I will explain to you the reason why that voice is important by the grace of God. A voice. Everything you are was because of a voice, even your father's voice, even the way you speak, your tone, your language, the clothes, the way you dress. Everything you are, in case you don't value a voice, let me tell you. You didn't even know that you should, you should clean your bum 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 when you boo boo. Yeah, somebody started, tell, clean your bum bum, clean your bum bum. Hey, go and sit on the potty. Everyone was going like this when I was a child. Just moving all over the place. Don't stand there, you know. Sit down. Can you imagine? <laughs> Should have been doing that. She was told what to do. A father's voice, a mother's voice, a shepherd's voice, a guide. Somebody telling you you're going to do well. Somebody lay hands. It's going to be okay. Encouraging. Even the way you're dressing, the way I speak. Therefore, when I came to Lighthouse, somebody, I would have been different if I'd gone to another church. I don't know what I would become, but it would definitely be different. There's a reason you are. That's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 7, the B part, we are partakers of his grace. As the priest, so the people. What is on the priest is what comes upon you. The voice. The voice. Jesus had nothing but a voice. Even his miracles came through a voice. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And then it goes on to say, for your shame, you shall have double. For your confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess their double. One of the things about anointed people is when you have to have one portion, you don't have one portion, you have a double. From a father to a child, like Elijah to Elisha, a double portion always comes. That's the mark of the anointing. Yeah. Somebody will say, and you get the original, the, even the right thing, but the anointing brings more. The anointing brings double. It makes you run faster. It makes you run faster. I don't joke with this voice, man. Communion. Communion. When I listen to a message and reaches communion, I don't say, well, I did communion. I'll do it then. More. And he said, For I, the Lord, 
love judgment. I hate robbery, burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. Some of the things, some of us, I was a pimp, but I've been converted. Yeah, I lived in a nightclub. I'm doing the right thing. I hate lies. I used to like to lie. It's a work of truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Ladies and gentlemen, because of the voice, some of us would have actually backslidden by now. But this lighthouse, they won't even allow you to backslide. I mean, you don't come there after you. They know where your house is. They know your phone number. And they will call. They won't even tell you that they will call. By the time you realize they are there, because, there's an, because of the voice, there's an everlasting covenant. You will not backslide. God will not allow you to just backslide. Because of that voice constantly on you. You will constantly hear that voice from behind. This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right, when you turn to the left. Me. To stay on this course for 30 years. Why? I've tried. Why you have tried? Even God knew that a pimp, if you have Christianity for one year, you've tried. Then to become a minister shepherd, then become a pastor. I've done well. I've done what Napoleon could not do. If I backslide, cry, I'll go to heaven. But even if you go to heaven, it will not allow you to backslide. That's an anointed voice. You can't just escape. You will hear the voice. And that has guided all of us. Some of us wanted to divorce, but you didn't because of that voice. An everlasting covenant has been with you. And I love this last one. It says, and their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that seed these, their seeds shall acknowledge them because they are the seed of of those whom the Lord has blessed. What? Listen, the blessing doesn't only stay with you, eh? It stays with your children. The Bible says in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 90 and verse 16 and 17. He said, he said that let the, uh, your work appear unto your servant and the glory upon their children. When you have an anointed man of God, they affect your children, eh? Some of us, when I put my children here and I put my other siblings here, I can see. There's a difference. And you know it. And you know it. Because the blessings, it goes beyond your lifetime. It's the anointed word. When you stay under the anointing of a man of God who is anointing, the voice of an anointed, it affects your seed. Look at my children who I told you were misbehaving. They are here. Suddenly they've straightened out. They've heard the voice that I heard. And they are the, my son sings and the ladies, I tell you. Sometimes when I see the people with wives who are falling for him, I said, it must be the anointing. Their seed shall be acknowledged among the Gentiles. Some of you, your children are so academically astute. And it's because of the blessing of the voice that God gave you. The prophetic blessing. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 53, 50, um, 54 verse 13. He said... The Lord shall teach all your children himself, and great shall be their peace. Clap for the Lord Jesus. All your people, your children, that seem to be going well. well. Don't worry. Don't worry. That voice, if you stay under, they will come back, I can assure you. I'm surprised at my children. I'm surprised. They were such fools. Calm down. Even these first love people, 
he's preached to us and he's preaching to our children. Oh my goodness. These days, I've realized, you know, I was trying to build some houses for my children. I've come to the conclusion that it's a waste of time. Oh no, it's true. So these people, the way they are going, they'll be more blessed than me. Because of their voice. Anointed voice. Anointed voice in the name of Jesus Christ. Your sheep. Because they are the offspring or the seed of him whom the Lord has blessed. The Lord has blessed you because of that voice. All started because the spirit of the Lord God is appointed, is upon me and he has anointed me to speak to these people who are meek. Will you be meek to receive these things? Ladies and gentlemen, the voice is so important that when Adam and Eve, Satan heard that the voice of God was with these people, he fought it. He fought it. Job, the wife, fought the voice of God. Any voice that brings the voice of God to you will be fought. Will be fought. But the sad thing, sometimes the fight is from you. You are the one who fights that voice. I pray, pastors, that let's stop being pastors and become sheep from today. First sheep that need the voice we will become better pastors. After all, the voice also makes you a priest. It makes you a priest. It makes you a tree of righteousness. So you go as a little child and receive as a son, as a sheep, as somebody receiving from a teacher, as somebody who has plans from God that need to be unveiled, as somebody who needs some anointing, as somebody who values what you become. There's nothing wrong. You are not selfish. Focus on yourself. Watch. Take heed unto yourself first and then to the flock of God over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the flock of God which he has purchased with his own blood. May God grant us grace and humility to see the power of this voice. May from today, may we not make that mistake anymore. May the word be in our heart. May the spirit of Ezra rest upon you and upon you and upon you and upon me. And may we be decide to seek, don't think that I know it already, to seek the law of the Lord for ourselves and to do them for ourselves before we venture into teaching statutes and judgments in Lighthouse Israel. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Clap louder. The louder the clap the greater the impact of that voice that God has given. The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Such a voice that was misplaced, now is found, now is finding its rightful place in our hearts, in our ministries, in our homes, in our jobs, in our situations, in our emotions, in everything that has to do with us. And then we can share some. We are not passing on. We are sharing with others because it's our voice. Put your hand on your heart and pray to the Lord to give you the ear, the right ear of humility. Oh, yes, Lord. Change us. Yes, Lord. Transform us. Forgive us. Correct us, Lord. Restore us back to favor. 
we have made many mistakes. Yes. We have become too proud. Yes. We have become too proud. Yes. We have become too proud. Forgive us. Lord, whatever we did wrong, wherever we went wrong, we are willing, willing to come right back. Jesus. Make it possible for us. Make it possible, Lord. I pray. Some are crying. Jesus. Some are saying, oh, I used to, how I used to write notes when I listen to messages. How I used to sit down. Now I don't have time anymore. We become too big. We become too mighty. We become too anointed. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we've grown too great. So listen, we thank God that you always reveal to restore. Thank you. Bring us back to our first life. How we used to behave. Just like Saul was told, when you were little in your own eyes, did I not make you king? Did I not anoint you? Father, we come back. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Oh, yes, Lord. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Take me back. Lord, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back, take me back, Lord. Lisa. Still I hear you calling me. Oh Lord, take us back when we were not pastors, when we were humble sheep, when we were preached to, how we wrote notes, how we were excited about revelations, how we wanted to practice the word so much. Lord, what have we become? Change us. Confess it. Lord, I must confess this word has blessed me. It's been a blessing. Still my soul is Several of my notebooks. 
notes upon notes upon notes upon notes. I remember my first Bible. Colorations and underlinings and underlinings. Where did it all go, my son? Where did it go, my daughter? That was my blessing. Hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Hearken unto my Moses that I've given you. He's still viable. He's still viable. He's still viable. The blessing that brought you out of Egypt is the same blessing that will preserve you to protect your blessing, to upgrade your blessing, to add to your blessing, to multiply the grace upon your life. I give you as a gift. I have enough to give to the children I've sent you to say the Spirit of the Lord. And I have no grandchildren. I only have children. Be a child of God rather than a grandchild or a child who transmits to somebody else. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. For revealing this to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.